0: Would you bet a few thousand dollars that you could sink an eight-foot putt? What about 10 grand that you could win a drag race against a Camaro with 1,000 horsepower? If you bet $2 million, could you bet it all on one football game? Maybe you wish you could, but you probably wouldn't. Gamblers is about the people who did. From the Ringer Podcast Network, listen to Gamblers Season 2 on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is part two of our MOIF, our end-of-the-year MOIF holiday extravaganza celebration. Uh, we get a, a, into um, some of the, the, the grouchiness uh, <laughs> of, uh, of MOIFs and some end-of-the-year resolutions. So uh, happy holidays, everybody, and happy new year. We'll, we'll get back to you very soon with some new episodes in 2023. And uh, Chris Ying may or may not be with us if you haven't signed up for a Discord channel, we, Noelle and I—it's really Noelle's decision. She's the boss.
1: Uh, what about let's do a little year in review though? Because Cheng, I think we recorded a podcast and tra- and then threw it in the trash where you did give us some of your highlights of of your eating year, of your past twelve months of eating. You want to run through that a little bit?
0: So my my the meals that I ate the most in Los Angeles, Otofuku, Duckhouse, House, koburu, Parks and Bianco Pizzeria. Those were my sort of go-tos. Uh, in New York, I didn't go to many restaurants multiple times just because of my travel. But the restaurants, I, I feel like the restaurant that I, uh, I went to two times was Luger's. That was my only really repeat <laughs> restaurant. And I think that's, a, that's the kind of restaurant that seems to be in vogue. It's either a new, hot new restaurant that are opening up at record rates or the classic standbys. Right, the classic institutions. I, I think Luger's is just one of those places, and it could have been any of the steakhouses. Quite frankly, could have been Keens. It could have been, you know. Actually, I don't like Sparks. It's basically Keens. Keens or Luger's. (laughs) It could have been any of the steakhouses if they are one of these two.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is the what is there is there actually a difference in your mind if you're like we're going to go to dinner and you're going to choose between Keens and Luger's?
0: I enjoy the food more at Luger's. I enjoy the experience more at uh, Keene's. And one of the beautiful things, cause I was just in, um, I was, I was, we were talking about the best cities. I can't remember who I was talking to with stadiums and access to sports. And what makes Madison square garden so special is that it's so easy to get to the access, whether it's a concert or ball game, you're right there in the heart of Manhattan, and it's not like Barkley Center or going to Yankee Stadium. MSG is something that is just special for anybody, and you can just go there. It's super easy. So I think that what makes an MSG visit great is that you have the option to go to Cape Town or go to Keynes to make it a full experience to me. And if I was going there to MSG, it's a Keynes thing for sure. To me, just me, Keynes and MSG are like intertwined. Hmm. Luger's is let's get a steak and let's get some grumpy ass service and let's just go to an institution. And it's more of the the vibe, right? Noelle, do you agree? Yeah.
2: I like the burger I definitely Luger's agree.
0: lunch. It, eating at the bar is great.
2: Luger's is definitely better food wise. There's way It's way more touristy too now than Keens is. It really is a difference in vibe between the two, but you hit it spot on Dave.
1: Would you say that those restaurant meals, those restaurants that you revisited and visited visited represent your, all your best things you ate in this last year? Anything well, else that's fell off I list? I,
0: I, I, I like Otafuku a lot, and I think this year I'm going to try to explore more of the Japanese izakayas uh, in, in LA proper, but the one that gives me the most happiness is Otafuku because it's it's just a restaurant that if it was within a 20, 15-minute radius of me, I would go there multiple times a week, and that's in Gardena. Duck House. I've had some hit-or-miss meals, um, and I think this is the year where I'm going to try to find the new one. I think Duck House for me was 2022. Taste of MP, maybe it's Taste of MP this year. I, I enjoyed that. I don't know what it is, but I need a, I'm, I'm need going to look out for the new Chinese regular for me. Um, Kobo Wu to me is an institution. It's one of the OGs, and I feel like ever since my mom passed, that's the closest that tastes like my mom's cooking. And mm. And it's not just the bosam, it's the Kamdajun and all the Jiige, and it tastes like home. It, it's much more home cooking. I, I, Soban's not open for lunch, and I think Soban has really good, good panchan. But Wu for me, has replaced that need. And I'd also say rich crab. I went to Rich crab quite a bit to at least pick up some Korean marinated crab. And Parks was probably the most visited restaurant, I'd say, uh, with the kids. At five o'clock, you know, uh, for, for for dinner. Kid, and then, Parks
1: is Parks is under Parks Parks is hugely underrated as a kid friendly restaurant. Will you talk actually just for a second? Because we went to Kobo House together uh, a few months ago, or like when I had just moved down. <laughs> We've talked a lot in the past about how you have. Uh, uh, gaslit the entire country into thinking that BOSAM is what you serve at Momofuku but can you explain like the version you get at Kobu House and like its majesty
0: it still cracks me up that that's happened (laughs) which again shows you I think just how not just behind how far some of the food media has their head up their ass they have no fucking idea they talk about food like they know what the fuck they're talking about, and they have no fucking idea that the word "sam" existed but never spelled with an umlaut over the a. Umlauts have never been put with a Korean word translated in English. You're looking at the stupid motherfucker that didn't even know what the name umlaut was. I just let's just put that goddamn thing so it looks like a German word, <laughs> right? And then like taking the principle of balsam. Modam bosam, which is basically like something I would eat with my dad quite a bit, which is when my dad was – like now I can see is when he was hungover, we'd go to get steamed cabbage and dried radish and sewojo, which is the dried – not the dried, the salted krill shrimp that you would eat with uh, the steamed cabbage and steamed pork belly um, and oysters. And usually it was frozen oysters and pork belly wasn't great, but the combination was that's – that's, that's like the holy trinity, uh, pork, kimchi, and uh, cabbage. And oysters. Um, that's not the Trinity, but it's cabbage, kimchi, oysters, and pork. Anyway, yeah. When they go to Kobowu, I feel like, even though it's not been brought to my attention, but I've heard this from other tours or children that uh, their parents have Korean restaurants, where they're just like shaking their head at me like, you motherfucker. <laughs> you know how hard it is for my parents to explain to a customer that when they get a and they order a bossam and it's not a candied pork shoulder. To tell them that no, that this is a bossam and that stupid shit that David Chang and Momofuku makes is not bossam. <laughs> I didn't intend that it would actually I had no idea that it was gonna like take off the way it did. But now most people I feel like when they order bosam that they are not Korean people. So Korean people get mad at me because they're like, oh fuck this guy. They think that right. bossam is this pork butt that you cook in your shoulder with brown sugar, etc. That has, it's based on the true story. Right. I mean, the or only the, the only annoying part about it is that like
1: <laughs> the the steamed pork belly version has like tons of its own merit. <laughs> like you were never negating that one; that was fucking delicious. Like it's, it's delicious really good too. Like yeah. Um, Noelle, what, what else did you? What were, what were some of your highlight bites?
2: I would say, I like a lot of ice creams and sorbets came up on my list as I was thinking through um places that I really like so 1900 ice cream it's a philly what? place What did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> Are
1: you oh. using chat gpt on us right <laughs> now? What the fuck is 1900 ice cream? Is that real?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a real place. It's a Philadelphia based ice cream shop and oh, okay. i not I'm not getting top 3 ice creams of my lifetime mm. uh, from this place um also well,
0: is, is Pennsylvania the snack state of America?
2: It is. We've agreed on this. Hard agree. Hard agree. And maybe also the treat central of America because the other high up on my list is the chocolate croissant from Machine Shop Bakery, also in Philadelphia, new one. But like genuinely I went to France for the first time in my life this year and like I actually think that this croissant beat anything that I had in France, which is also potentially sacrilege, but...
0: Did this machine are. shop, did they make a Couganayman as well?
2: <laughs> yes, they make plenty of Couganaymans. Some of them are filled Couganaymans. Others are plain.
0: Because <laughs> This is a good example of what happened with Bosa. If you didn't... My meandering, you know, incoherent explanation didn't make sense. Maybe this one will. <laughs> so let's just say I put a candied puff pastry thing. As a dessert, Aww. but I call it and I pronounce it Kugan Right. And then, for whatever reason, other people start calling it Kugan <laughs> 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 Which but, I, I yeah, and I'm just like dyslexic. I guess some version of it because I can't pronounce Kugan in the way it's supposed to be pronounced.
1: So, how do you pronounce Kugan For any, uh, yeah, for any listeners who don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about like, a queen of
2: yeah. You also said that in a very funny accent, Chris.
1: A Queen Amon. <laughs> I don't even know Is it French? Is it French? Is <laughs> it Queen Amon? Yeah. Why do I keep on like doing this throat thing? I is just it a I,
0: thing? I, I I was again, I know we've talked about this, and another person that I actually knows, not a person, a friend, they were just talking and they were like, croissant. And I was like, What, <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say? Croissant. I was like, what the <sighs> fuck? Are you doing that to like punk me? Like, what you mean croissant? Fuck?
1: Like in the middle of a non-French
0: yeah, conversation? But it was like such a hard pronunciation of it. Like, right. you know, maybe I'll get some salad and a croissant, and then you know, a nice coffee. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> there is also when people do that. There is always it's like always they like, stop. I, they they give a pause. A pause. And pause. Then, the pause is yeah. is
1: the thing. There's always a pause before they go into it. They're croissant. Like, yeah,
0: I can't even do it. How do you yeah. pronounce it like a French person does, or an American speaking in a proper French accent?
1: Um, oh, how oh, do the imitation of an American person yeah. over pronouncing croissant.
2: croissant? I mean, that it's literally what you just said, Chris. Let me um, croissant.
1: Hey, tomorrow, croissant. tomorrow morning, uh, let's we'll meet at eight. I'll pick up some coffee and donuts and um, croissants, uh, and, yeah. and, and have them for you.
0: <laughs> but it's a little bit more intonation, right? It's a little harder. Yeah. I feel like. Right. Which is why mm-hmm. I think you should spell, pronounce the Coogan Eamon. Whatever. As Coogan Eamon.
1: <laughs> All right. So the sure. machine, the machine sure. shop. Whatever Cougan. you want. Whatever the Cougan,
2: you want, Dave.
1: Coogan <laughs> Eamon. <laughs> also just sounds like a, a cool character actor we've seen like a million times. You're like, what is the name of that guy who was in Boogie Nights? Coogan Eamon. Coogan Eamon. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> he was also the bad guy in that fourth Harry
0: Potter movie. Yeah, um, sounds very similar to he's King the Conqueror's cousin.
1: <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> and I, I got declared a dork you. earlier. Uh, what else, Noel? What so machine shop? Nothing great. Here I in was Paris? saying that I
2: like ate around the world, and then I told you about Philadelphia. Um, you, you're like I went. I there traveled are these lambs,
0: and you I really. Everything really I bra- saw in <laughs> Paris, you know, those Philly fuckers have really brainwashed you. <laughs>
2: No, uh, I had, so there are these lamb skewers at a bar in Bilbao. I think it was, like, Arunia. And it's a Pinchos bar, and the bar, the Pinchos themselves that were out were, like, ugh, fine. Like, fine. But then they had this little sign that said that they had lamb skewers. And this was all in Spanish. And so I was just, I was pointing. Um... Anyway, they were these...
0: Pincho's.
2: Pincho's. Now, I was going to say, now pinchos. when you're saying pincho's, are you talking
1: about pint XO's? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a curried, like, lamb skewer that they cooked on this tiny, like, pincho uh, charcoal grill that was just kind of in the back. There's one guy, He's on, this is his only job. Everyone else is doing 50 million jobs. So at first, I started with two... Yeah, I ate, like, at least 10 or 12 and walked out with a (laughs) stomachache. Goddamn. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) That was the first time that I was like, oh, I like this so much, and I'm never going to have this again, so I'm going to keep going. Uh-huh. 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 But, yeah, uh, what else? I'm actually kind of sad. My legitimate favorite restaurant in the entire world, which is really just L.A., closed about a month ago. And this is a restaurant, I kid you not, like, We've been going since what happened? I know. (laughs) So fucked up. Oh my god.
1: (laughs) What? What what was it?
2: Well, it's not. Look, it's not the best restaurant by any means, but it's a restaurant we've been going to since I was in a carrier. I think that there's photos of this. So for thirty plus years, basically, but it's called Sushi Komasa. It is in Little Tokyo. And honestly, if we're talking about like places that I go to the most all Wait, the didn't time. did you just
1: point this out to me the other day? Mm-hmm. They closed since you pointed this out?
2: hmm Oh, yeah. no! Yeah. Um, it's a very kind couple who ran it. And we've been going there forever. It's just like a tiny, I think it seats like 20 people, sushi and like hot meal. So like teriyaki style food. And we've been going there forever and ever and ever. And I think it's actually the place that I've gone to the most in LA this year because every trip that we go back or that I go back, like I ask to go to this restaurant in some form. Yeah, they close. So Damn. I don't know. It's I'm a real. So, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it sucks. It's. I don't know. I didn't realize that I would feel this like sad about something, you know, like a restaurant. But in a real way, this is this is the one that I like. knew what's, It's a what's, true end of the what era. What
0: step are you on the seven steps of grieving on this?
2: Um, like the second. I don't know. What's the? Den- <laughs> denial. Yeah, it is denial. Actually. <laughs> It actually is denial because they closed between the last time I was there and now, so it doesn't seem real to me.
1: <laughs> I honestly couldn't name any of the steps other than denial. Are there other steps? In the seven I don't stages know, is there of grief? grief. Grief. I think that the seven grief. stages of grief. <laughs> grief. I don't think grief whole. can be one of the steps of grief. Is grief
2: crying? <laughs> denial. Crying. Right. Um. And then I I can name so many more. I had the uh, the Philippines trip. I like am. I think, like, over the past two years, you guys have seen me, like, fully immersed in, like, Filipino culture in a way that I just haven't before. So, plenty of dishes from there that, I mean, and a lot of treats, too. Um, And then, I don't know, lots of stadium chicken fingers. Never overlook a good stadium, (sighs) flat, overly breaded chicken finger.
1: What's the best stadium chicken finger of the year? What's the stadium Mm. chicken finger of the year?
2: Mmm. 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 A great by the way, question. I don't think
1: that people realize that like you probably go to more sporting events than any person I know. Like you are oh, at really? games more than anybody oh. I know. Hmm. A lot of sporting events for Noel.
2: Uh I think I, I mean I've just eaten the most like at Barclays because they do have that like Cisco style. Uh Chase Center also has some very nice fried seafood over there. Is that we're really overlooking, yeah, some fried shrimp. But uh,
1: worst stadium food in America now uh crypto.com arena Mm. terrible stadium food.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Chris, big year to, for you.
1: You want me to run through Lots of some eating. things? I got some, I, I did not do that much. Like when I think about you going to Bilbao and the Philippines and Paris, like, man, I have not done anything. Most of my eating for this year has revolved around my new, new life in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I can run through these real quick. Um, in no particular order, this was just like reverse order from my Google photo stream. Uh, I went to Smorgasburg in our office um, down at The Row this weekend for the first time. I had never been there, and our our buddy, Zach Brooks, who runs that, was touring me around and put this plate of smoke queen siu yuck, like roasted Cantonese-style pork belly in front of me, and uh, I don't know if it was like the, one of the best things I've eaten, but like I fucking love roasted, crispy-skinned Cantonese-style pork belly, like surprise, surprise, but I what I really appreciated about this is like... For years and years and years and years, I've talked to my friends about how I think that if you serve Chinese barbecue in like a Southern barbecue format, meaning just like order meat and sides, like that would be a wonderful restaurant. And now there's some version of that here in Los Angeles. So that was delicious. That roast chicken that Chang mentioned at Taste of MP was really delicious to me. It's like basically chicken cooked as though it's Peking duck, that apple pie from that skeins made out of bear fat was probably in this mm-hmm. list, even though I'm still mad at him. Uh, this was the year that we discovered or that, that I had my first, my first marinara pie at Pizzeria Bianco, mm-hmm. which is just the tomato one. I don't well, know. You never
0: had, you never had a marinara pie until this year. That was the first time I've had. No, I've had one before. That was the first time I'd had his,
1: but am I crazy? Or is that like, am I crazy to say that's my favorite pie there? No.
0: It's unbelievably good. Shocking that you actually correctly chose something.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's that's the surprise. That's the the surprise.
2: (laughs) Happy end of the year, Chris. Here's another day. I love that thing. I love everything.
1: single piece of that from like the tomatoes. He's like, like, those are his tomatoes. And then he uses like Chang. Am I wrong? He uses like a little tiny mandolin to shave the garlic on there. But I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that mandolin is like the kind of mandolin you buy at like a Korean beauty store to shave cucumber no, slices to put in your eyes. It's
0: something that you find on QVC at 2.30 in the morning. That's it, right? It's like a tiny mm-hmm. little mandolin. <laughs>
1: uh, that abalone kanji at Yangban Society with the puff pastry top is very, very delicious, as is almost everything they do. We all had this together, right? Do we have that milfui at Claude in New
0: York? That was mm-hmm. very good.
2: Mm, that was really good. Shout
0: out to Penske and Chase for the beautiful three star review. This is the times when I'm like, Well, it's got it right. Every time I'm like, Oh, I think got Um, right. Yeah, that's right up there for for one of my best meals in New York for sure. Is Claude. Uh, My meal of the year was Providence. Um, Oh, it really is. The fact that Michelin guy didn't give it another three stars makes me question so many things but it's it's just unequivocally one of the best restaurants in the country um restaurant of the year to me is young Ban, and i'm glad Mm -hmm. that the people that may have not understood it are at least getting on board whether they understand it now or not because i think it's a very special restaurant by two very special chefs and a great team um uncompromising in in what they're trying to do less subversive and more this is fucking what we're going to do kind of mm-hmm. approach mm-hmm. and i think in, in 2022 2023 you're going to see more of that I hopefully with people and and the foods that they're making it's not like let's let's like make this
1: i think that distinction you're making is really important and interesting right they're not trying they're not just being like oh this is our fuck you to so and so they're just like this is our i love yeah, you to it's, us it's
0: less mm-hmm. what i would do and more of like oh they have a lot more courage to just basically <laughs> be like fuck you <laughs> this is what we're going to do. And I I just think it's, I felt that way with that first meal. I thought it was a beautiful thing, what they were doing. And, and I hope that it continues and I hope that they have more opportunities to express themselves. So uh, also an underrated restaurant to bring kids to. Yeah. They're so sweet with kids because they know the pain of kids. And uh, when Moose barbecue opened up and they, they were a a pop-up here in Los Angeles for some time, a few years. And, uh, great barbecue! I love that it has some sort of East LA flavors and flair, but they have a really good burger. Hmm. That to me was like the like wow that was that was a really delicious burger that they had. Besides the excellent barbecue,
1: is that like a uh, is that a gochujang jjigae at Park's situation where like the burger is great because of the other well, stuff I, they do? I,
0: I didn't know, but I went with a friend and because I don't read that much anymore. Like, dude, you have never had the burger? I'm like, no. It was awesome. And they have like this tres leches like cake thing, or bread pudding, which is outrageous. So, all in it was a it's just a great addition to to Los Angeles as a permanent store. And and uh I, I would say the shocking things to me in New York, twofold, two developments that are like really packing them in are the, the redevelopment of Rockefeller Center and and, Crazy. and Dime Square and Ignacio. Matos having killer restaurants in both of those locations and the French Head. You know, everyone, you know, the Out team and the French Lee and Riyadh, uh, um, and, and the team at King, like, you know, people going there to eat. Like, that's just, that's a long-term development and I've known that project's been happening for a while, but particularly with the pandemic and where Midtown is at with, I, I just think it's cool that people are actually going there to eat. But Dime Square to me is like, what the fuck? Noelle, would you agree?
2: Yeah, you're like a year behind on Times Square, but definitely <laughs> is still a what the fuck and definitely Rockefeller Center is like the ginormous what the fuck of this year. But, yeah. Yeah, they're both they're both the places to be. And uh the
0: three restaurants that I'm
2: looking forward to in New York
0: uh, is Teresi's new bigger location of uh, the mm-hmm. Puck Building. Um, I've heard awesome things and excited for Rich and the whole team there and what he's trying to do. Uh, I've known Rich for years uh, and, uh, again, just proud proud of everything that he's doing. Uh, and our good friend Kwame's restaurant, Tatiana, uh, that I have not been at David Geffen Hall. And really excited that uh, it seems like Superiority Burger with Brooks mm-hmm. is around – It's imminent, imminent that it's going to open, and just to see what's going to happen in a larger location for one of the most talented chefs, creative minds that America's ever had. So it's it's really thrilling to be able to see what that's about. I know, at long last, goddamn. Yep. Yeah. Here's a question for you guys: Can you talk about sushi in New York? or even L.A., for that matter, we, and and do it with authority if you've never been to Japan. Huh. And I, I mean that in the sense of using a different comp. A uh, place in Europe starts making great barbecue based on Texas barbecue, and it's yeah. really, really good. But it, how different is that if you were a German food critic and you said, this barbecue is the best barbecue. You know, it's as good as anything. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a little bit, rings to me when someone says, American football, the world championship. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I, I would say I know a number of respected and people I respect, food writers who have like written about sushi who have never been to Japan and talk about like, this is great sushi, this is great sushi. And I'm always like, you don't know what you're talking about. The only hesitation I have though is one of the most annoying things in life is sitting at a sushi bar next to somebody who is talking about sushi in Japan <laughs> like the entire time. Right. Like nothing could mm-hmm. be more annoying than that. So I don't know. What it, do you
0: think? It, it's it's a more of a meta conversation. I'm not trying to be annoying, but I just think it's, a, it's an interesting – I'm not saying that sushi isn't better. It is across the board better, but it's a distinctly different thing. And there are some great sushi guys, particularly in New York, the small five to six-seat counter restaurants that are opening up. Now, some are even a little bit larger unquestionable that it's great. And I just want to reserve my judgment because like, I've been to Massa a handful of times, but have been fortunate to go there, and it's fucking an amazing experience. But it's a totally different experience. And I won't name the other ones that have been doing really well and thriving. They're the ones that are impossible to get into. And I think, again, 2023 and moving forward, you're going to see more of those restaurants, the small counter restaurants that are intimate as fuck. You're then going to see the different versions of what you can do in that small kind of setting. Uh, That's going to be extremely expensive, but I just find it to be fucking weird that you can claim that you're saying something with authority, that something is as good as it can be when you never have had the best. Hmm. You don't know what the best is,
2: Hmm. right? Hmm. But you don't Um, think that there's any. And I I say
0: this and and I've been, and and listen, like I've had a love hate with Wells for some time, as he said with me, and I'll never forget when he gave Sushi Nas four stars but he was like in the review, and I've talked about this before, and I think he's gotten way more sophisticated in his understanding of Japanese cuisine. But that article 10 years ago plus said the rice isn't as good as other restaurants. You know, the, the, the shari wasn't as good. Uh, to me, if you made that statement in Japan, they would fucking laugh you out of the country. It is the rice, mm-hmm. you know, the netta is super important, but it's the fucking rice. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not to say that Sushi Nakazawa didn't, wasn't great or anything like that. But like I find it, we have so much a Japanese fetish over sushi and high end sushi yas at this point that it's being said with authority that people are like these are the best, this is where you should eat, this is what it is, and this is how you should eat it. I'm like, just settle the fuck down, <laughs> just <laughs> just a little mm-hmm. bit. So you think you can write about it?
2: Yeah. When you first asked that question, in my mind, I like. The thing, the first thing that came to my mind was like, does it even matter? I guess like I understand people who truly, truly care about this. But to your point, like you're not, I, I think we can all agree, you're not going to find the best in the U.S. versus other types of food. And I don't know, sushi is one of those things where I almost get more annoyed when people ask me for a sushi wreck, mostly because I think that people are looking more for, there's a difference in the way that you view the experience versus what you're actually eating. And I, I'm not confident that a lot of people are like parsing out the difference uh, and don't really know the difference. Some definitely do, but for the most part, it's like, okay, here's a nice sushi restaurant. Like it's uh, and, good and, and it's I, and, fun. And,
0: and, and I mean this in the same way of if you look at it as a different food group. So instead of looking at, at Japanese sushi as apples to apples, right? I think you need to look at sort of other foods whether it's Japanese or not. So one thing is to say is, let's just say a ramen shop. This is the best ramen in America. This is, like, You're talking with authority, like it's as good as anything else that's in the world, right? If you've been to Japan, you will know that that's a fucking laughable statement, <laughs> right? The best of whatever we have in America, even though there's some chains that have restaurants that are like really great in Japan, are not as, they're just not. And it's not because it can't be it's just that we don't have the entire infrastructure built around it to make it fucking as good as what it is in Japan. It's just logistically impossible to do, and that's why ramen in Japan will always be superior to ramen that's made in America. I just don't know, see any other way around it. it you could, it, it, you know, like I don't know how you can make these sort of statements. So if you say like, um, you know, barbecue is a good example. Could the best barbecue in America be made elsewhere out of America? Mm. You know what I mean. Like, so it's just using the logical patterns. Can you go to say, just pick a country in Europe and say they're getting post oak and they're smoking everything and they're using some mosquito or whatever. And it's like Texas barbecue because the food that's being made at the high end sushi is Edo style for the most part. It's very, very, uh, set up in, in the super high end Japanese. Like there's very little variation, Right. So they're making a facsimile, really, of what's happening in, in the top places in Japan. So how different is that for you to say that, you know, a food critic elsewhere would say, like... Or let's just say in America, like, the best French restaurant. Like, can we talk about that in a way?
1: Well, I, I think that there's, you know like, I mean? a couple, there's a few things happening, right? Because I think that you feel, like, a speci- speci- like specifically, like, proprietariness over sushi that's also informed by the fact that, like... These restaurants are trying to do, quote-unquote, authentic sushi. But can I ask you this? Like, Can you, can you talk about pizza without having gone to Italy?
0: Well, that's, this is the bit. I, I'm not saying I have the, an answer to this. I think it's an interesting conversation to have about the upcoming year because with the travel and there's more the, – the existing gatekeepers are, have to speak with more authority. For sure. For sure. I mean, the reason why is like when people
1: write about it, the gatekeepers talk about it, and write about it. They are talking about it with this uh, like learned like this, this sort of like inherited authority of like I spoke to a Japanese person one time. I remember like I talked about this years and years ago, uh, not years and years ago. How long have been this pandemic about like Michael Bauer at the Chronicle saying like, and they su- and they season their sushi rice with brown sugar, which is traditional or whatever. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> who, who told you? Like, that's not a thing like, but then like you attribute it to somebody who said that, right? Like that's the authority. That's the problem It's just like, it becomes this game of telephone. Like authority is just handed down from like things I heard.
0: And, and I, I, yeah. And I guess this is just me again, still working things out and, and I'm not, this is not any single person. I just think I'm trying to talk about this at large about how we talk about food. And I use it as an example to me in my lifetime, the one that didn't make any sense to me because it was when Dukas opened up at the Essex house in in 99, that was one of the most holy fuck moments because I had never been to France and eating that food, right? He's giving everyone the most luxurious French experience because New York City at the time thought they were sophisticated enough to have it. And all the critics had never been to fucking France and eaten like that. Maybe a couple of them had. But, you know, if you talk to people in the know, everyone will say it was flawless and it was as great as a Ducasse restaurant as you could possibly have. And he was getting a lot of ingredients that were of the Jucassian standards and they kicked the shit out of Jukas. And I, so I I don't know. Times have clearly changed because that was 20, 20 plus years ago. So I'm just asking, are we at a place now where we have the quality of food and the knowledge and literacy and fluency to be able to say that this is as good as anything else that's out there. This is the best the city has to offer. Mm. And I don't know. It's an it's just a conversation, right? There's no winner right. or loser here. But well, what I to like say, it's like- worth exploring.
1: Usually, historically, when this conversation happens, this is like, this is wine, right? This is that movie, Bottle Shock, right? Yeah, you Screaming actually Eagle. Need, until, until a French authority declared Screaming Eagle was the best Cabernet in the world, it was like, not no, no offense, Screaming right?
0: Eagle's great, and I love the story for California, but nobody that fucking loves wine, they'll buy it as a cultish fucking, you know, <laughs> California wine, Sure, but it's never in the it, it, it's some it's never in the pantheon. You know what I mean? It is. I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all. So it's just a weird thing now because when you're talking about things, it now has a global stature about what you're saying and what you're representing. Mm-hmm. And unlike music and movies, where you can like watch it regardless of wh- wherever you are in the world, food is that one thing again that you physically have to be there.
1: Right. No, I mean, I I think it's interesting, right? Because I also think about like what you just said about, can we have great um, like Texas style barbecue somewhere else? And it's about infrastructure. Can you have great sushi in America without like a a sushi infrastructure, great ramen without great ramen infrastructure? And it's sort of like what people talk about. If the America, if the United States gave a shit about soccer, we'd have the best soccer team in the entire world. (laughs) If like all of our best athletes were playing soccer instead of football, like we'd have the best Team in the world,
0: right? And it's it's why if I I, I hope more people aren't trying to again like I want to go to all these top sushiya's in New York, no question, all right? Part of me wants to save the experiences for Japan, but part of me too is I think we should be. I think it's super cool that I, I also think twenty twenty three is going to be the year of kimbap. I've been saying that. I do think it's going to happen. You've been seeing that with a lot of the Korean restaurants that are doing hand rolls. That's going to become much more of a fucking thing. I think the next iteration of that clearly is going to be kimbap. It has to be. And that's happening. Great. Kimbap is like sort of dorayaki. Um, they've taken that bet and you're seeing this evolution happen. It was primed because of sushi and maki rolls. But like with a lot of these Japanese spots, like are we celebrating the facsimile or should we celebrating places like Shuko? Uh, that's to me what I think we should be celebrating more of, right? Again, this not a surprise. I'm beating a dead horse here that trying to celebrate things that are trying to create their own narrative that's different than anywhere else like i want to eat sushi that is distinctly to me like new york and i think there's no more new york experience to me it's like if you want to go to peter luger's canes balthazar i would put fucking shuko in that list of distinctly new york city fucking restaurants and it's sushi that's done in a, a new york sensibility and i think that is uh the exclamation point is when you get like a fucking slice of american pie but if you know the progression of sushi and how they do it—it's such a fucking intentionally different experience. I think we need to be celebrating more of those restaurants. To me, than something that is just—would it be considered? Would any of the top sushi has be considered great in Japan, in Tokyo? And that's to me the comp,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Would they beat a a Saito? And, mm-hmm. You know, again, going with what a lot of the conversations I've had with someone like Little Meg in Tokyo, it's—you're never going to have the best particularly in sushi it's a handful of restaurants that could any day be the best i just always wonder as a competitive person like fantasy football like could you take the best in japan and put it next to the best in, uh new york and i don't think the answer is yes but we talk about the sushi as here in america like they are the best and i also get like like smoking cigarettes i can be contradictory and still want to eat there but i'm just more as a how do we fucking process this? Does that even make sense? And again, most people don't even give a shit about this, but the stuff that consumes my thoughts.
1: No, but you, you Mm -hmm. you mentioned one of your restaurants you're looking forward to in 23 is going to the new Teresi, right? And like, that is to me, what you're talking about. We talk about Shuko or like when we went to like the uh, Sinaloan sushi place in LA, like this is sort of what you're talking about. Like rather than just trying to make your Epcot version of a sushi Saito in Tokyo, you had rich Teresi and Mario doing Italian food with the spirit of Italian food, which is like using what's available to you. And what was available to them was like Italian-American stuff in their Italian-American neighborhood, right? So I think that like that is what you're saying is we should celebrate the places that are not trying to be a facsimile, but the ones who are trying to carve out a new lane for American sushi, the American sushi experience.
0: To me, it's like, okay, great. Like let's re-review and elevate places like Shuko. Or like Mm -hmm. bringing them back to the forefront as things sort of get reset. So that's my thinking where I'm loosely holding right now. And I'm like, we all have a obligation, I think, to like help sort of as sort of people that have platforms to sort of help be the tastemakers. I think we need to all in the upcoming year, whether you're listening and you're just a simple diner to reemphasize the things that you actually care about. Do you want the same? Or do you want something that's uniquely yours to your fucking city that you can't get anywhere fucking else? And I am also understanding my hypocrisy because I want to eat at all these fucking sushi and all these fucking restaurants just like anybody else. But at the same time, I think the long-term focus is like New York City has got to be fucking New York City. L.A. has got to be fucking L.A. The Bay Area has got to do what the Bay Area does for good (laughs) or worse, right? Like, et cetera. It's like I, I... you know, like that's why like someone like Moose, I think is great because it's taking a lot of Texas influence. But you can see, I, I would say in five to six years, you're going to see that influence be a lot more East L.A. than it would be, you know, that to me is the best homage is to take something and to reinterpret it rather than it to be the facsimile. We have enough facsimiles. That's all I'm saying. I, I think we have enough of the same. What we need to do, because we're always going to have the facsimiles, is to encourage more people, whether you are the creator or the diner to go out there and to support the fucking new people trying to do something a little bit different and that little bit different could be something like, you know, Chris Bianco's new restaurant, another pizza or Bianco, but it tastes distinctly different than the Bianco, even in Phoenix. So I, 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 I just, it doesn't have to be something uniquely different. I just, I hope that this year, my hope is that creators, critics, diners alike will try to, to hold out and to support the artistry of trying to create something new and distinct for your unique city. Because I, I, I'm fearful that food, not a surprise, we've seen this as a pattern time and time again, is all going to wind up tasting the fucking same.
1: Yeah, and that's why I'm looking forward to eating at the Naturalist and Art, Artisanal Kitchen <laughs> <laughs> and Urban Forage. These are really the places that are going to push the envelope.
0: <sighs> <laughs> What's your New Year's resolution? We'll get you guys out of here. Well, as I was going through my list, this,
1: my, I have a very simple New Year's resolution that's based on two, two experiences. And I was, I, was, I was running through my list of best things I ate, and I didn't get to finish this. But one, one contextual best thing I ate in 2022 was at like a run-of-the-mill pizza and pasta place in Breckenridge, Colorado, where I happened to be when I broke my Dave Chang show carb <laughs> no carbs uh, skinny boy dietary challenge and eating my first bite of baked ziti at this random mediocre place was like one of the happiest moments was my was my american spirit standing outside the holiday party Jake? was like eating shitty fucking italian food after not eating any carbs it was the it was the payoff for those the suffering and the tragedy so that was one thing informing my new year's resolution the other was like We've been shooting all this content recently, both in the Ringer studios and at our 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 home in downtown Los Angeles, and I've just been seeing a few cuts and like, oh my God, I'm so fat. <laughs> I'm just so fat. So I think my New Year's resolution is a simple one, like, I got to get back on that goddamn horse. We got to cut. We got to get back on a dietary challenge here, Chang.
0: It's the Iron Maiden of Constraint. No it's longer the, the wheel. <laughs>
1: So that's it. Boring, 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 boring New Year's resolution. But like, I got to get my shit together.
0: Here's my New Year's resolution. Not food oriented. Because I think getting in shape and all that stuff is good. Not food related. Grace told me that I'm a horrible spooner. And she's only, I, I don't like spooning. <laughs> <laughs> and I've I, 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 I'm, I'm known this because like, I wanted to ask you, Chris, and Noelle. Chris is a big boy Asian. <laughs> clearly. Founding member. Yeah. <laughs> you run hot. You run yeah. hot. Yeah. I have always hated spooning because yeah. not because I don't want the intimacy or that 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 physical closeness. Yeah. It's too fucking hot. I can yeah. do it for up a minute tops. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. and then and then and then it's just like it's just too fucking hot. <laughs> I can't do this. And it's not even about my arm getting fucking numb. <laughs> It's not. It has nothing to do it's with that. You're my not shoulder. There long hurting. enough for your arm <laughs> to <No. laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just too hot. <laughs> this is insane. I mean, I want to so hear I, the I, nature. I can't, I can't. I can't do it. So my New Year's resolution is to force myself somehow. Yeah, I don't know what. I got to find some solution. Well, Sasha's messaging us. Oh, you guys should try to be small
1: spoon. Oh, you were saying that's a suggestion. I, I don't want anybody. I don't want any hands on my my big Asian belly <laughs> in the middle of the night. Just get away from my belly. But so Cheng, I said to Jamie, I was like, because Jamie's a light Nobody sleeper. Nobody wants and was to like, hug me. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Nobody wants to hug me. But I said to Jamie, I was like, oh, you know, you're such a light sleeper. You know, is it annoying when I like if I if we if we spoon? And she was like. No, because you're gonna be gone in twenty seconds anyway. I know
0: you're gonna you I know be I knew I knew you have never talked to this, but I knew that you were the same come it's from the so same cloth. Fucking hot. It's so hot. And and then inevitably we'll get into a conversation where she's like, you know, like, you're the only person I've ever been with that's like like this. I'm like, Well, that's good thing for you. And secondly, she's like all the people she's ever dated and all her other friends, and I want to ask this to anybody, whether you're depending regardless of your sex, your gender, do people go to bed with their partner, like their life partner in spoon? Because according to my wife, all of her friends spoon through the night.
2: Wait, what? Get they the fall fuck? asleep get out of here. spooning? No. They do it no. a lot more
0: than, no. than than clearly than I do. And I I, I think Again, whether I put words and I guess just gaslighted grace, I'm just sort of paraphrasing, right? It is done way more frequently than I would ever even attempt to do it. And I just wanted to say, like, regardless of the truth, I will try my best in 2023 is a thing that I can do better to my wife is to to spoon. It's like training for a marathon. I'm going to try to time it one minute. One minute, 15 seconds, uh, one minute, 30 seconds. Uh, I'm going to try to get up to, by the next year, we're going to talk about this, to five minutes of spooning. <laughs> spooning. Yeah, I have I've resorted to... That's my realistic to, uh, fucking New Year's goal.
1: I have resorted to removing the covers from my body <laughs> while in spoon, so really? that I am just exposed to the elements yes. being heated, the only way heated way to from counteract. one side.
0: That's the only way to counteract <laughs> the spoon. It's, it's, it, 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 it's how Stark and Targaryen. It's the only way to fucking blend the ice and fire. <laughs> Ah, is to be cold from the back and hot from yeah. the front. <laughs> There's gotta be some this technology. So There's gotta be some technology that prevents someone from overheating.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, I don't want to assume you're a little spoon in your life, but I assume you're a little spoon. Are you mm-hmm. like, do you want longer spoon? Like more spoon? Longer spooning sessions? <laughs> no.
2: No, here's the thing. I like, I'll at least say for myself, I thought previously I thought that I wanted to be spooned like and fall asleep and that's just how we'll go to sleep you know and then I learned an ex-boyfriend like was very good at doing that but (laughs) towards the end of our relationship he was like oh like I never felt my arm in the morning because (laughs) I was like no I don't want that anyway my hot take on it is expectation management. And it it's exactly what you're talking about with Jamie, Chris, which is like, you set up some version of a routine. It is not very long as, you know, like, it's an uncomfortable for the receiving for the small spoon to be around a warm body. So, like, this is, it goes both ways. It goes <laughs> that's, both that's ways. Amazing, but I think I think. And then you just roll over, you know?
1: It's a great, it's a great, it's a great resolution. Even
0: being a small spoon, nobody wants to do that. You, Not don't, even my
2: wife. No, no, it's just weird because here's the thing, unless you're like, I, if you are skinny and like feel good, no one, to your exact point, Chris, no one wants someone just like having their arm around her stomach yeah. for a while. And then you also don't want to get sweaty from the sweaty person that's next to I you. I want to go so. back in
0: time. So if I had the ability to go back in time, it wouldn't be the... You know, to see a religious leader born or some fucking miracle event. I want to go back in the time, the first moment someone thought this was a good fucking idea. (laughs) The genesis of the spoon. And be like, really? We're going to set precedent here forever. I bet spooning's
1: not that old. Because, like, uh, just with, like, uh, you know, puritanical Victorian era, like, separate beds and stuff, like... Spooning is an invention of the twentieth century. Is it
0: is an invention like ants on a log by a marketing oh firm God. in Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. Right? right. Little spoon. It's probably like a invention by Goop,
1: right. They tried to create a, a position called <laughs> 99ing and they just came up this spoon thing. It's horrible. All so,
0: right, that's I think my it's a great resolution.
1: resolution. It's a it's great resolution. Five minutes. Incremental training, that's the key to success. Yeah. And, in and a I resolution.
0: think there's a tie to it, Chris, because if you lose less weight, then it's less radiant heat generating <laughs> from your body. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I feel you. So, there are you. things that I can do that I'm going to try to do. You, get a cross I think train. That you have the cross-train for this cross spooning. They were like, why are you in shape? I gotta, I gotta get to five minutes of spooning. <laughs> spooning. Why are you
1: walking around with that body? Poo? Why'd you, oh, lose, really why a- did you
0: lose so much weight? Was it for your health? Was it the doctor? Was it the colonoscopy? What, what, what? No. I've, I've never liked a spoon, and I wanted to make my wife happy.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: that's very sweet. Uh,
1: uh, Noelle, uh, what do you got?
2: More cooking. More Figuratively. cooking. Figuratively. And literally, literally yeah. and figuratively. I love it.
0: I love it. All right, guys. Um, have an amazing new year. Hopefully, you're safe and sound and uh, having a good one with your friends and families. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you guys all in 2023.